0: Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen Wa salatu wa salamu ala al-mab'uuthi rahmatan lil'alameen Wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa baraka wa salama tasleeman Kathiran
1: ila yawmiddin amma ba'd In our series on Ibn Illa Al-Iskandari's Hikam, the Book of Wisdoms, we're on page 197 And this is Wisdom number 95 Wisdom number 95, aphorism number 95, page 197 <clears throat> Ibn al al-Iskandari says the following. He says, باب وما القبول. ربما وما Really interesting idea. He talks about two contrasting things. He says, sometimes he opens the doors of obedience for you, but not the door of acceptance. Allah sometimes opens the door of obedience for you, but not the door of acceptance. Or sometimes he condemns you to sin, and it turns out to be the cause of arriving at him. That's his word for saying to arriving uh, close to Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala to become close to Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala. He sometimes condemns you to sin. Sometimes a person ends up sinning, but then that turns out to be a means for closeness to Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala. That's Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta-A'la's system. So we look at both of them separately. The first part, which was رَبَّمَا فَتَحَ وَمَا فَتَحَ الْقَبُولَ. Sometimes Allah opens the door of obedience to you, but not the door of acceptance. Why would He do that? So from this firstly, we understand that the journey to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala or what we do for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, there is the action itself. And then there's the acceptance of the action. We have many people in the world. I mean, we can just understand as a human experience that they do what seems to be a good thing. What seems to be obedience, what seems to be something beneficial. But there could be many reasons why there's no acceptance at the end of it. I mean, we can just imagine, just rationally speaking, there could be many, many reasons why there is no acceptance. One of them would be that the motivation for doing the deed is not the right one. It was to, for some other purpose. It's to establish a presence. It's to gain an acceptance from people rather than Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Ta-A'la. It is maybe to gain fame and a good name. Maybe it is to do this so that you can have a, another uh, reward, an achievement in the world. It's not Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is talking about devotion to Allah, so to use that for some other means. So maybe that's what it is. You You've got the, you will do the iba, ibadah, you'll do the worship. You'll do the fasting in Ramadan. For example, you may even do i'tikaf, you may even go for hajj. But the qubul isn't there. For what reason? Why isn't the Qubool there? So, one of the reasons we've already discussed. Ibn Ajiba he discusses it. He says, because what's very clear is that we know from a hadith, the basics, we know the hadith that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does not look at your deeds. He looks at your heart, your motivation, your intention. It doesn't look at your deed. So then why do we go on about deeds so much? If Allah doesn't look at our deeds, He looks at our our intention and the state of our heart, then why do we put so much focus on deed? Why does He obligate the deeds then? Well, if it was just left to intention, it'd be something very, very difficult to determine. How do you maintain an intention of something that you're not doing? How does that even work? That's why for us, our way of expressing our intention is by a deed, generally, by the performance of that deed. But that's not enough, the deed can, because the other problem is that while it's very difficult to have an intention about something without doing anything, sometimes doing the thing and losing the intention is also possible. Because they're not two things that always come together that you do a deed for a particular reason, and you do the deed all the way for that reason. So it's very likely and possible that somebody does a deed initially starts off even with a good intention and then the intention changes because of something that happens in between. So Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala says, "If you want to do this for Me, then I want you to be focused on Me throughout that deed, because I want to see your heart." That's the difficult part, because sometimes it's actually easier to do a deed probably than to have to have presence of intention to make salat of four rakats or twenty rakats of tarawih is actually easier than to have even remember Allah once in every posture of those twenty rakats, it's much more difficult. To probably sit there and concentrate, concentrate on Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for the hour it will take you for us to do salatul tarawih for us to just sit and concentrate and think of nothing but Allah is probably more difficult for most people than to do the deed. But then the deed is what helps us focus because then we're actually showing something tangible and we're adding the intention to it. لَا عِبْرَةَ إِذَا لَمْ يَصْحَبْهَا قبول According to Allah, there's no consideration for the so-called obedience if it's not accompanied by acceptance, if it's not something that he thinks is worth giving acceptance to. And when we say it's worth giving acceptance, to, so Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is not some arbitrary being who just decides randomly. Allah is more generous than anybody. So if you expect from the most generous person to give us the benefit of the doubt and on the flimsiest, smallest excuse to give us more rather than restrict, it's not about a council benefit officer trying to be as as stingy as possible in trying to give benefits to somebody. It's more about the one who wants to give, the one who loves to give, and the one who has abundance enough to give. So Allah just wants the excuse. Likewise, let's understand that with a bit more of an effective example. What's the point of making so much dua when you get nothing at the end of it? What's the point of pleading to somebody when you know you're not going to get much out of it? Meaning, all that pleading goes to waste. So, why? It's because the obedience... The devotion we're showing is actually for the purpose of gaining a love for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. For the one that we're obedient to, which is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That's the idea. Why would you be obedient to anyone? Either out of fright or of love, Allah wants us to be obedient to Him out of love for Him. So if we don't get Allah, the object of our love, then it becomes a bit of a failed exercise. So what we want is we do worship and devotion to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala so that he opens up the doors to him so that we can get closer to him we can gain his love and we can love him more and he can love us and any veil from our heart which is preventing us from loving Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is lifted that's generally why we're supposed to do this then we want Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to grant us a special place among those who are closest to him and say that we are his awliya. We're the ones that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala now is gonna have special attention upon. So if Allah Subhanahu wa ta'ala opens up the doors of action, it's a good thing. At least there's some action and it's better than having no action. But there's not enough. With the action, there must be the fruits of that action. Some fruit, some consequence, a result must come, there must be the taste of sweetness of the Iman that must be savored, closeness to Allah, familiarity, comfort from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, being comforted by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, feeling that I'm, I've got comfort with Allah is one of the best feelings of the world because then you don't need to worry about anybody else and this is the case where If you know that there's somebody who's going to look out for you, you've got a number you can call, you go to a foreign country, you know that there's somebody who's, mashallah, who's quite influential there and you've got their number. And you know that if anything happens, you can call them and you've seen them in action before. How comfortable are you going to feel? You're going to feel very confident, very assured, very secure. If Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala can give us that, then that would be amazing. Then even being, even having, a disquietude with somebody else will not matter at all, because we know we just we're savoring the thought that we can always be with Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala. That we are with Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala. So now this is really interesting. Why would Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala open up the doors of deeds for you? Do, some people do lots of deeds, but then there's no kabuli at the end of it. He makes it seem like you're like we're at his service. There's khidmah going on. There's some service. Taking place of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But the acceptance isn't there. So then we don't actually get the fruits of it. Though we're showing that we can that we are doing things. Why? Then it's because of short-sightedness. That's the reason. This is another pitfall on the way that you start thinking that the deeds, and this is lots of people, I mean, you get the I mean, this is an experience, this is what other people will tell you that. MashaAllah, I'm doing all of this but it just makes me feel that I'm better than so-and-so, it makes me feel that I'm superior to X, Y, and Z, it makes me feel really on top of the world, right, and I've started looking down at other people. This is something that quite a few people seem to go through and that's what maybe this is referring to. You start relying on those deeds as though those deeds are the most important thing. Otherwise, why else would you show off? Why else would somebody think that they're doing something great if they don't even know it's been accepted because they're focused on the form of the deed that this is it, I've done it. I mean, of course, it's something to be happy about that we're doing the deed. So it mustn't be that we shouldn't be happy. We should be happy, but we should also want more about more. This is not the goal yet. I've got this. Okay, it's the next goal now. I've scored one goal and that's it, finished. Now let's lose, let's let them score more goals. No, it's about carrying on. Can you believe I'm using a football example? I can't believe it myself. It's probably the first time I've done that. Subhanallah. But, but it's, it's important to understand that, that as soon as you start focusing on the deed itself, though it's important to do that deed, but that's not the end all of everything. That's why some of those who are very experienced in this regard, they say actually, اِحْذَرُوا الطَّاعَاتِ Be very careful and wary of the sweetness you feel from your obedience. And subhanAllah, I mean, there's a lot of people, they say, I don't feel any sweetness in my obedience. Am I doing it right? Should I be doing it or not? You don't do it for sweetness. The sweetness of faith that the Prophet said, Could be many things. It's just the fact that sweetness of faith means that you want to then do the worship for Allah. You're willing to do anything for Allah. Not that you actually necessarily just enjoy the worship. Enjoying the worship is not a crime. It's a good thing. But it should not delude us. That's what he's saying. So actually there's some people who say that be very careful if you're going to fall into this. Of engaging with the sweetness of your worship. Because that is an extremely poisonous killer because it will stop you right there and then you won't proceed further because it will really stop you from getting forward from the position of muhabbat and love for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. There's a big difference between somebody who just occupied in the service of something who Allah just occupies in doing something and the one who Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala then chooses to express his love for. They're not two separate things, but they are separate if you stop at that. So that's one way of understanding it. Another more simpler way of understanding it, because I think this is a very comprehensive statement, Shaykh Abdullah he says here, very, uh, very often Allah Most High opens up the door of his obedience. Hence one is able to engross themselves night and day in acts of obedience. It becomes easy to do that eventually. You've not been able to do much worship and then suddenly you just get this fervor for worship. So you start doing worship. And people are like, mashaAllah, look at this guy. Right? He's doing worship. And you, you should feel good, alhamdulillah, you should feel good. But now know that that's not the end. They start engrossing themselves night and day in acts of obedience. nufal worship, contemplation, devotional exercises, recitation of the Quran, etc. However, because of the lack of sincerity, they've not learned sincerity, and this is where we learn sincerity, you can't learn sincerity sitting at home doing nothing, right? You have to learn it on the job while doing the worship. So initially, it's possible that when we start worshipping, when a person gets into it, that they have all sorts of thoughts and ideas. But this is when we start to learn our sincerity. Because of the lack of sincerity or vanity, or because of now looking down and despising other Muslims, the door of acceptance is not opened. Subhanallah. A pitfall there is we're doing worship. This is what Allah wants from us. He wants worship or as we think, right? But then because of that, we start looking down saying, those guys are Jahannamese man. Look how messed up those people are. We start looking down upon them. Not out of that, hey, I need to try to help them in a way that, Alhamdulillah, I've got it. Let me try to share. But in a way that I'm superior to them and they all messed up. It's okay to tell somebody, man, you're messed up, you need to sort yourself out. That's okay. But to think you're messed up and you're never going to go to paradise and I'm, I'm there. Not in a way that Alhamdulillah. It's always, as long as Allah is part of the, the equation, then it's fine. That's the way to do it. Just make sure Allah is part of the equation. Alhamdulillah, Allah has given me this tawfiq. But he could give you that tawfiq as well. It is difficult sometimes to think that. So then the door of acceptance is not open. That's what causes the door to to stop, uh, to not be open. Thus your deeds remain unaccepted. Then he says the next part to contrast that. He says sometimes there's a person which is. Sometimes he condemns you to a sin. Even one sin is a condemnation. Even one sin is a condemnation, obviously right? And it turns out to be the cause of reaching Allah, Wusul, of reaching Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So this is what, he, uh, what, what is explained here. As a person is wanting to travel to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Now this is obviously not talking about somebody who's just sinning every day, who's focused on sinning, that's the occupation, that's what they enjoy doing. It's not talking about that person. Although it could relate to that person somehow as well. This is talking about somebody who's trying to do well, trying to get to Allah. Most of the time they do well but then they fall into a sin. Happens. They fall into a sin. Even awliya sometimes could make mistakes. So what happens now is, a person is making every effort to get to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, wants to be in His presence, wants to gain His satisfaction. But then sometimes you get a bit bored, a bit weary, a bit tired, a bit fatigued. Human beings, that's the nature of human beings, you get fatigued. So listen up everybody who keeps asking that I just, I just didn't feel like doing anything. Ramadan finished and then I've just had a bit of a slump. Understandable. But it shouldn't remain like that forever. So human beings sometimes need to take it easy. So sometimes there's what in Arabic called kalal, malal, kasal, right? weariness tiredness, difficulty, laziness as well, right? That could come about to a human being. We're not robots. فَسَلَّطَ الْحَقُّ عَلَيْهِ Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala then allows that person to commit a sin, right, whatever type of sin it is, or allows the nafs to overcome, and then the person drops. Now when the person gets up from this fall, he thinks this is really bad. I did so well and now I've dropped. I need to now really make an effort. So that's the idea of this. We should learn from this fall that we've wasted time. We need to make up for it. We need to make amends for it. And the example they provide is a person is traveling and they need to get to their destination. They're going to a wedding. The wedding's going to be at 12 o'clock. they're getting there but they're very tired because they had a late night so on the way they stop off at a cafe you know at a stop point and they decide that let me just relax for a while you know just so that I can drive afresh so they go and take a little nap they were supposed to supposed to have a power nap for 15 20 minutes and it turned out to be 45 minutes now when that person wakes up he's gonna be much more fresh than he was even in the beginning because he needs to make it there on time so sometimes a blunder a mistake a drop helps you to refresh yourself or for example a person is traveling by horse in the olden days and he gets a bit tired and he falls off right Wastes a bit of time now he's gonna feel like I need is gonna get the vigor and he's gonna to try to make a more speedy recovery and get to his destination that's why there's a hadith which actually says, رُبَّ Adhala Sahibahu Al Wow. There are some sins which will actually enter their perpetrators into paradise. Man, tell us what that sin is. Like some was like, that's the sin I want to do, you know. That's what some people may be like, what is that sin? It's the sin that we do that happen to, happens and then it makes you fresh and makes you regret and remorseful and gives you the vigor to make a tawbah and return to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that's the sin it's not one you're looking out for it's not one that you can you can just get it's the one that happens to take place and then the one that you follow that up subhanallah that's why they said Ya Rasulallah what kind of sin is this? this is the first time we've heard of such a sin what kind of a sin is this? He says, "La yazalu ta'iban farra minhu." It's the one where a person constantly then remains ta'iban in repentance, in repentance, running away from it again. That maybe I'll fall into this again. I want to get away from this. I will never get, away, never do this. I'm gonna close all my accounts. I'm going to put a block. I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna do that. Whatever you know, makes the efforts. That's the sin. So once a person has committed the sin. And they're willing to go all the way to block that sin. Not in a half-hearted way, but in a full way. I'm going to just remove everything, put a, put, a, you know, put a controls on or whatever the case is. خَائِفَ مِن رَبِّهِ Out of fear for his Lord, Hatta Yamut, And he continues to do this until he dies. Not just for a few months, not just for a few days. But he continues to, that's the sin which will eventually be a level uh, that will enter a person into paradise. For you, dzillahul jannah, so that will enter a person into paradise. How came I call in the Prophet sallallahu Another hadith, it which many of uh, us would have heard before. The Prophet sallallahu uh, Abu Hurairah radiyallahu anhu reports the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam said, "Walla di nafsi biyade, loulam tuzhibu." By the one in whose hand is my <clears throat> my soul, if you people did not sin. Allah would remove you people. Saying that you're always going to sin is not saying go and sin. It's that we are prone to sin. It's a, it's a statement of fact, right? It's a, it's a statement of fact. It's what happens. It's not that go ahead and sin. If you didn't sin and if you don't go and sin, it's not saying that, that if you don't go and sin. Had you not been sinners, Allah would have removed you because the grand scheme and plan of Allah for this world is to have sinners here, for every human being to be potential, potentially uh, open to be able to sin, except those that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protects and never allows to sin like the prophets, and those who then he gives his protection to when they seek it, and they bec- then Allah becomes their awliya or they become Allah's friends. <clears throat> So then he says لَذَهَبَ اللَّهُ بِكُمْ اللَّهُ would remove you وَلَجَاءَ بِقَوْمٍ فَيَسْتَغْفِرُونَ Then Allah would then bring people who do sin and seek forgiveness and then Allah forgives them because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is غفور and غفار and غافر and عفو and he has all of these beautiful names so they manifest when people do sins it's providing more hope rather than telling somebody to commission a sin so nobody must understand from here that that's the case thereafter that Something that relates to something we've just we would we would be able to relate to. The Prophet said, min illa al wa min illa How many a fasting person there is who did not receive anything but hunger from their fasting? So they did uh, fifteen, sixteen hours of hunger because they didn't get anything out of it because their Motivation was incorrect, their reasoning was incorrect, the way they carried themselves during the fast was wrong. What the fasting was supposed to create and engender in the person and develop in the person, the person didn't allow it to do that. Because they fasted from the physical few things that the technical fiqh definition said to fast from, which is food, drink, and sexual intercourse. But they did not do all the other spiritual aspects whatever the case may be so that's why they didn't get anything except hunger and then how many a person there is who stands at night but doesn't get anything out of standing at night except wakefulness who just wasted that time you could have slept may Allah protect us from this it doesn't mean that this happens to the majority of people but it definitely happens I think what this for me underscores is that knowledge of Allah and what he really wants from us and the sentiment and emotion is the most important thing with the deed so deeds can be there but don't just do raw deeds because raw deeds are it's just another human act it's just another animalistic act that's what it is before that's why they say that al a'malu suwarun he actually says al a'malu suwarun deeds are just forms what really matters is the the spirit inside the intention inside the focus inside the motivation and the sentiment inside and once we develop the sentiment and you can't have sentiment on its own as I said right in the beginning right you can't have sentiment on its own because then our whole action belies that somebody says yes my intention is this and that but for you've not done anything then how do you prove that so sentiment on its own doesn't count it's with the action But where then there is a bit of weakness or shortcoming then the sentiment can take over and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala can give on the sentiment as long as we made an effort. This kind of a fast or this kind of standing at night, if you compare that to a sin that a person committed and then after that there was a lifelong remorse and tawbah on that is much better than that deed that was done without the motivation because he got much more out of it. But you don't want to embark on doing a sin for that purpose. There's easier ways to do that through the obedience. That same fervor can be there with the obedience. But this is just that when we fall, Allah is giving us an antenna. Look, you will make mistakes. This is what will happen if there's a side effect, or if this is a problem, if there's a failure, then this is what you do. Allah's, may Allah be thanked for giving us that reason. Sheikh Abdullah al Gangohi then says about this. He says, sins frequently emerge from the worshipper. He's saying frequently emerge from the worshipper, right? Although ostensibly, uh, ostensibly the sin committed is a cause for divine rejection. Gen- generally, when a person commits sin, the idea is that we're rejected by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That's why it happens. That's why a lot of people think, think that, Shaitan makes you think that as well. On account of the exceptionally high degree of remorse, regret and repentance, the sinner attains divine proximity. So Shaitan will want to make us do a sin. Then when we commit a sin, he succeeded. Now he's gonna make us want to feel despondent from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So the way to now, we're beaten up, Shaitan wants to essentially beat a person up further when they're already on the ground. He wants to kick them further, that's the idea, right? So the idea now is if we know this, this is why knowledge is important. If we know this, even when we've fallen, then we say, no, I'm not going to let you carry on. I'm going to have remorse. I shouldn't be doing this. I should not have done this. So the sinner attains divine proximity. That's the way to then make amends for it. And one of the best ways to do that is start doing good deeds again. Because the Prophet said, follow up a bad deed with a good one. And it will erase it. Because that is psychologically very powerful. One is, you make an istighfar, but is my istighfar accepted or not? Is my tawbah accepted or not? So then do, do a good deed. That makes you feel like, hey, I've accomplished something. I've got a message recently from someone who had a bit of a trouble growing up with lots of various different sins, it seems, and so on. So he's saying that, alhamdulillah, I've come a very, 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 very long way. So I've stopped doing X, Y, and Z. I do my prayer now, I do this, I do that. But there's one thing that I find still very, very difficult to feel remorseful about. And that is music, because I was brought up on music. Maybe in a non-Muslim home, they became Muslim afterwards. So I was brought up on music. Music is just like within. So if I ever hear a, a, a music, a song from those days, then I get into it. Right, Music, that shows you the power of music. That's one of the reasons why it's prohibited in Islam. You have to remember that music is one of the most powerful influences in a human being's life. In terms of what it gives you, in terms of the, the joys that a person receives from music, it's very, very powerful. It can make you feel sad, it can make you feel hyped, it can make you feel excited, it can make you feel uh, passionate, it can make you feel... Um, uh, all sorts of haram things can come from there as well so yeah I mean what does a person like that do then you just keep fighting against it, right clearly there's pleasures in many sins that's why people do them but inshallah over time as the iman develops I don't blame this person for what they're saying they're only starting off adhkar and so on, the more dhikr that a person like that will do and the more they'll learn and the more will they will start to love Allah then when you start loving Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala things that Allah hates will start becoming things we hate as well this is just means that we're starting off and it's good that a person is even confessing to these ideas they're recognizing this idea so yes it may be difficult but Inshallah, over time that will also become repugnant that will also become abominable abhorrent hated and say yes that was bad that i did that it takes a long time sometimes there's a person that you love because you've seen many benefits coming from that person for a long time then somebody starts telling you that look there's actually something else behind it and then you genuinely find that but you're caught between two things. You, there's one aspect which is telling you, this is bad, rationally. There's a wrong here. But then emotionally, you want to be part of it, you want to carry on with it. This generally happens when you get stuck with somebody emotionally and you can't really marry them, right? you can't desist, you can't dislodge yourself from them, it takes a very long time. It just takes time, these things. But the point is that that doesn't mean that you're justified to do that, just because you enjoy that, that you can continue that relationship continue that love for that object it'll take time that's all recognize that and I think that's what I want to say so that's why he says then therefore he says on account of the exceptionally high degree of remorse regret and repentance a sinner attains divine proximity thus the sin becomes the medium of forgiveness therefore the servant should not look at the external form of everything his gaze should be focused on the inner realities of things that's the person should start becoming Look at the more profound ways of doing things as opposed to external form of things. In any profession, in anything that you want to master, you can't just look at the outer. You have, to, you have to get to the depths of it. And this is what the depths of it. This is the way it works. If Allah Most High has blessed one with worship and obedience, then one should never despise those who are not involved in acts of piety nor consider oneself to be superior. On the other hand, if a sin has been committed, one should not despair of Allah's mercy by viewing the enormity of the external form of the sin. So what he's saying is something very subtle. He's saying that, look, if you do end up committing a sin, don't focus on the sin being so severe, but now focus on the one that the sin was committed against and his mercy so that you can actually gain forgiveness. That's the, it's not to diminish the sin for the sake of redoing the sin. It's to diminish the sin so that we can overcome that to get to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. These are a lot of subtleties and a lot of depth. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us, if He grants us depth in anything, may Allah grant us depth in His worship and His ta'a and His obedience. And may Allah bless the author for opening up this for us. وَآخِرُ
0: Allahumma انت السلام ومنك wa minka as-salam wa tabarak tayyada al-jalali wa l-ikram Allahumma salli wa sallim ala seyyidina Muhammad wa ala ahli seyyidina Muhammadin wa barik wa sallim Allahumma akrimna wa la tuhinnna Allahumma ahdina wa ahdibina wa ajalna hudata liman ihtada Allahumma khfir lana wa arhamna wa afina wa ahdina wa wa اللهم اغفر لنا ولوالدين ولمشايخنا ولأساتذتنا ولإخواننا ولأخواتنا ولأصدقائنا ولطلابنا ولأولادنا ولأزواجنا ولأقاربنا ولكل من له حق علينا ولكل من أوصانا بالدعاء اللهم ارحمهم وعافهم وعفو عنهم الله يا الله يا أكرم الأكرمين يا خير المسؤولين ويا خير المؤطين ويا ذا الجلال والإكرام هذي Ya Allah, treat us with your mercy, envelope us with your mercy, shower us with your forgiveness. O oh Allah, we ask you for your generosity. We ask you from your clemency. We ask you from your abundance. O oh Allah, you have everything within your power, within your control. Oh Allah, the supply of everything is at your disposal. O oh Allah, we ask you to grant us. Oh Allah, grant us like you've granted the awliya before us. O oh Allah, grant us like you've granted the people whose books we read. O oh Allah, grant us like you've granted our forefathers, our spiritual forefathers. O oh Allah, allow us to follow in their footsteps the sunnah of your messenger Muhammad sallallahu to respect the sunnah, to follow the sunnah, to love the sunnah, to
1: abide by the sunnah, to defend the sunnah. O oh Allah, to elevate the sunnah, to edify the sunnah. O oh Allah, we ask that you... Grant us your light and place
0: your light in front of us, around us, on our right, on our left, above us, and oh Allah, in our hearts, in our eyes, in, on our tongues, oh Allah, in our ears,
1: oh Allah, protect our sights, protect our ears, O oh Allah, protect our feet, oh Allah, protect that which we, uh, our, our hands when we grasp, oh Allah, we ask that you allow us to fulfill our obligations and allow us to have allow all of our deeds, however weak and however insignificant they may seem, to at least be full of emotion for you, to, fill, to be filled with a fervour for you, to be filled with a desire to gain your acceptance and to, gain, um, to be of service to you. Oh Allah, make whatever we do, whatever little offerings that we have done, and Oh Allah, allow the rest of our life to be much better, than the previous part of our life, for our worships to only improve and increase. O oh Allah, how many days, how many years of our life have we spent in this incomplete way, in this shortcoming, with this transgression, with these wrongs? Oh Allah, we would love to change. Oh Allah, we need your assistance. We can't change without your assistance, without enablement from you. Oh Allah, grant us that enablement. Oh Allah, bless all those who are spending their time for your sake. Oh Allah, bless all of those who are spending time for you in, in your path. Oh Allah, to elevate your kalima la ilaha illallah. Oh Allah, whether that be by going out, whatever other forms of service they are providing. Oh Allah, the da'wah that they're doing. Oh Allah, except from all of us. Allow us all to be forces of good in this world. Allow us all to be the Imam of Muttaqeen to have righteous children and progeny, to have, to always be a force for good. Oh Allah, allow us to leave a legacy, allow us to be accepted for your service, allow us to have pure hearts, sincerity in our hearts, and Oh Allah, clarity in our mission, and purity in our mission, to allow us to not only help ourselves, but to help others, especially our brothers around who are suffering in the various different places. Oh Allah, protect your holy places. Allow us to be tools in that protection. Allow us to do that which is necessary. Grant us the enablement to do that which is necessary. Oh Allah, accept us for the service of your deen. Accept us for the service of your deen. Jazakallah khair for listening. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless you. And if you're finding this useful, you know, uh, as they say, do that like button and subscribe button and forward it on to others. Jazakallah khairan. Assalamu alaikum wa
0: rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.